It's the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. Here's Rob Carney. Welcome to the Monday, October 4th edition of the Heartland at Noon. Brought to you by Purposed Financial and Heritage Insurance. Working together to serve you better. Today we'll have the latest numbers on COVID-19 and we're going to visit with the Western Development Museum's Joan Canigan, who, like many, have been working hard to ensure compliance with the proof of vaccination order for venues like museums. It's been a challenging time, to say the least. The local by-election to decide the next mayor of Moose Jaw coming up in November, and we're now down to nine candidates after Gord Anthony decided to pull his name from the ballot. The candidates include Brett McCauley, a local father of two who works in information technology for the Mosaic Company. We'll feature Mr. McCauley on the Heartland at Noon today. Aaron Rustin, Purpose Financial, in the news today as he embarks on a new journey as president of the local Moose Jaw and District Chamber of Commerce. Mr. Rustin is on the show today. What's this? Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp all went down this morning. Chaos it has been. I'll share that story. And just a few days ago, we told you about the new Jeff Beasley movie called To Catch a Spy. It's currently airing on the Hallmark Channel in the U.S. and on the W Network in Canada. And this past weekend, another Beasley-directed movie premiered. It's called Love Strikes Twice. I'll tell you about it. In fact, we'll visit with Director Beasley on the Heartland at Noon today. You're listening to 800 CHAB Moose Jaw, a Golden West radio station. Discover Moose Jaw News for Ivermain Place. Small town life is great when you're surrounded by people with big hearts. Contact today for senior living opportunities at Ivermain Place Central Butte. Good afternoon, I'm Haley Shirky. drive through COVID-19 testing is available in Moose Jaw. For those experiencing symptoms, those who have been identified as close contacts, anyone with a positive self-test, anyone identified as part of an outbreak, those requiring a transfer or admission to acute or congregate settings, or anyone requiring surveillance testing of immunocompromised patients. The testing site is located at the Lillooet Fire Station at 750 Lillooet Street West. Drop-in testing is available Monday to Thursday from 9 to 12, and appointment booked testing from 12.30 to 4.30 Monday to Thursday. Friday's booked appointments last from 11 to 6.30, and Saturday and Sunday booked appointments run from 11 to 2. The drive through testing site will not require a referral from 811, however. A valid health card and or identification will be requested for each person getting tested. It was announced last week that the Saskatchewan Health Authority has developed a proof of full COVID-19 vaccination policy that will require all current SHA team members to provide proof of full vaccination beginning October 1st with a phased approach. SHA team members will be required to submit a declaration form regarding their vaccination status, intention to enroll in the monitored testing program at their own cost, or intention to seek accommodation by October 15th. All current SHA team members will be required to submit their proof of full COVID-19 vaccination in early November 2021. There were 350 new confirmed cases of COVID-19 reported in the province yesterday, along with 457 recoveries and three new deaths. 268 cases are considered active in the south-central zone, and 321 people are hospitalized, with 69 in the ICU. 
Of the new cases, 16 are in the South Central Zone, 84 are in Saskatoon, and 73 are in Regina. There are currently 4,718 active cases in Saskatchewan. Anyone who owns an electric vehicle will now be taxed an extra $150 per year. Moose Jaw resident and electric vehicle owner Jim Tenford says that all vehicle owners should pay their fair share for road maintenance, but the government's timing isn't the best. Since electric car ownership is being incentivized in other provinces, it seems like Saskatchewan is taking the opposite route. It's rewarding um, gas drivers while increasing the costs for EV drivers. This tax came into effect as of November 1st. Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial was recently appointed president of the Chamber of Commerce. He tells us why local business owners should consider joining the Chamber. It's incredible. It is incredible. You know, you see people out at different things, but when you get into a, a chamber meeting and, and because of the open format a lot of times, you get to talk to some of these people and you not only see them in the light of being a business owner, um, you also get to see them as a human being. The chamber also welcomed three new members, Jeff Fox, Shelley Dahlman and Kyle Favel. Moose Jaw Women Who Care is a new nonprofit organization in town with the goal of raising awareness and funds for local charities. The group is modeled after the international 100 plus women who care and they're aiming to hold three events a year in the friendly city. Nicole Lillico is a member of the organization. We're just a nonprofit group that's here to educate women in Moose Jaw about the wonderful organizations in our community and the work they do and how they can support those works. If we can get 100 women, each giving $100 at each event, we raise $10,000 to support the work of the agency we are promoting. If you are interested in joining, you can message the Moose Jaw Women Who Care group on Facebook. Their next event will be Wednesday, October 6th. And now, the Golden West Radio Money Scope for Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, bringing understanding and financial success to clients for over 35 years. The TSX is down 150 points. The Dow Jones is down 445 points. The NASDAQ is down 357 points. And the Canadian dollar is up at 79.47 cents U.S. And do you have a story to share? Click Submit News on discovermoosejaw.com. The Ambassador Bridge between Windsor, Ontario and Detroit is shut down in both directions as police investigate possible explosives found in the area. The neighbourhoods surrounding the bridge have also been evacuated. Traffic is being rerouted to the Windsor-Detroit Tunnel and more than 100 kilometres away to the Blue Water Bridge at Sarnia, Ontario. The Ambassador Bridge is the busiest international land border crossing in North America. A 36-year-old Canadian man is reportedly among the eight people who died when a single-engine private jet crashed into an empty office building near Milan, Italy. Italian media are identifying him as Julian Brossard and say the other passengers included a Romanian billionaire and a one-year-old child. The plane crashed shortly after takeoff on a flight to the island of Sardinia. Toronto-based Sun Life Financial is scooping up a company that provides dental benefits in the U.S. It says the acquisition of DentaQuest will more than double the size of its American employee benefits business by revenue. DentaQuest has more than 33 million members in 36 states. 
Beaches in Orange County, California could be closed for weeks or months following one of the largest oil spills in recent history. People who live and work in the area noticed an oil sheen and a heavy petroleum smell Friday evening, but the pipeline wasn't shut down until Saturday night, leading many to question if Amplify Energy officials reacted quickly enough. I'm Pam Fedick. Now, discover Moose Jaw Sports. The Moose Jaw Warriors started their season off with a win and then a loss. On the weekend, they beat the Saskatoon Blades 7-1 Friday night in Moose Jaw, and they went up to Saskatoon and lost 4-2. The Warriors will play again Friday when they host the Regina Pats. The Pats are 2-0 after they beat Prince Albert twice on the weekend. The 18U AAA Warriors are off to a 2-0 start to the season. The local team beat the Regina Pack Canadians 4-3 in a shootout on Saturday. Moose Jaw will host the Swift Current Legionnaires tomorrow night at Mosaic Place. It appears the Weyburn Eagles are the team to beat in the local high school football league. The previously undefeated Central Cyclones from Moose Jaw went into Weyburn on the weekend and lost 16-8. So Weyburn is now all alone in first place with a 3-0 record. Central now 3-1. Also on Saturday, the Vanier Vikings and Estevan tied 12-12. Action resumes this weekend with Central and Yorkton for a Friday night game. Saturday's schedule features two games at Moose Jaws Guthridge Field, with Vanier hosting Weyburn and the Peacock Tornadoes welcoming Estevan. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders dropped to 5-3 on the season when they lost 23-17 to the Stampeders in Calgary Saturday night. The Riders will play host to the Stampeders this Saturday night at Mosaic Stadium. It's all over for the Toronto Blue Jays. They'll look back at 2021 and see they finished just one game out of a wildcard playoff spot. The Jays did what they needed to do on the weekend, including yesterday they beat Baltimore 12-4, but the Yankees and Boston Red Sox both won. So it's the Bo Sox and the Yankees in the American League wildcard game tomorrow night. The L.A. Dodgers uh, did not win their ninth straight National League West title on the weekend, so they've got to play the wildcard game. They'll play the St. Louis Cardinals uh, in that game on Wednesday. Now, your Discover Moose Jaw weather. Sunny and nice for your October 4th, high 26. Clear tonight, the low plus 5. Tomorrow, sunny 28. Wednesday, sunny 29. Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud, the high 19. Friday, we were calling for uh, rain and a high of 14. Now, cloudy with a 30% chance of a shower and a high of 13. Yesterday's high in Moose Jaw, 24. Normal high at this time of year, 15, with a normal low of plus 2. The record high for today, 31, set in 1943, and the record low, minus 9, set in 2000. Sun came up this morning at 7.07 and goes down tonight at 6.34. This hour, Moose Jaw, sunshine, 16 degrees. Regina, 17. Assiniboia, Granvelberg, 19. Rockland, Coronet, 22. Swift Current, 17, Elbow, 12, Davidson Watrous, 13. Once again, Assiniboia, 19, Regina, 17. And with the wind out of the south at 5, and the relative humidity at 43%, it's 16 degrees in Moose Jaw. From World Weather Incorporated, here's 800 CHAB Agriculture Weather Specialist, Drew Lerner. For Young's Equipment, your Case IH dealer in southern Saskatchewan. 
Another unusually warm start to the work week is expected across the prairies and Saskatchewan. I'm meteorologist Drew Lerner for the Golden West Radio Network. Once again, another little mini heat wave coming up for the region. Temperatures will peak out Tuesday and Wednesday. Afternoon temperatures will be soaring back up into the upper 20s, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see a couple of extremes near 30 degrees along the south border with the United States. And we expect that to prevail maybe into Wednesday afternoon and then finally we'll see some relief coming in as we go from Thursday into Friday. We'll have some brisk south winds blowing across parts of the region, probably southeasterly winds actually, and that will occur on Wednesday. We'll look for some of those wind speeds to be in the 40 to 60 kilometer per hour range, maybe something higher. We'll keep an eye on that. And we'll look for a low pressure system to move across the region as we get out towards Wednesday night into Thursday and that will bring us uh, an opportunity for some showers and some cooling. Now, most of the cooling will take its time coming across the region. This will occur on Thursday going into Friday. First in the western areas on Thursday, the east will cool down on Friday. Temperatures after that will be a little bit more seasonable, but still have a little bit of a warm bias to them. And we'll see that continuing into the weekend coming up. The precipitation that comes in the latter part of this week with the first frontal boundary is not expected to be all that great. We're talking about less than six or seven millimeters for the most part, and the greater precipitation will be in the southeastern one-third to one-half of the province. The system is still too far out in time to have a lot of confidence in, but we'll be watching that over the next couple of days. After that system passes and we see the milder weather occurring late this week going into the weekend, we'll set the stage maybe for another bigger storm system to impact the region as we go into next week. Now you're probably sitting there thinking, well, that's what you said last week, and that the the storm system has been put off by several more days, and that's true. And we are still expecting to see, though, the opportunity for precipitation to rise at that point in time. A drought busting may not expect it, but we will have a chance for a little bit of moisture next week. We'll keep a close eye on the situation. Confidence is still not that great on the timing or the significance of the event, but we still believe a trend towards a little bit more moisture will certainly be a more likely solution than continued dry weather. For the Golden West Radio Network, I'm Meter Drew Lerner. Hi folks, Tim from Young's Equipment, your genuine Case IH parts and service dealer. Harvest is moving fast, so let's plan for next year. Book winter inspections on Case IH combines, tractors, and sprayers. Pricing of these quality service packages is held from last year until January 31st. Book now to take advantage of 10% off all genuine Case IH parts installed with the inspection. Special trucking rates and Young's loyalty program. Slots are filling fast. Contact Young's Equipment to avoid disappointment. Check youngs.ca today. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. That's the new president of the Moose John District Chamber of Commerce right there, Aaron Rustin, Purpose Financial. We'll visit with him and ask him about his focus as the new president of the chamber coming up on the Heartland at Noon. Right now, it's the Road Report. It's brought to you by My Addictions Clothing Boutique in the Town and Country Mall. New fall fashions have arrived, small to 2XL. Cast iron water made me please, but I was wondering, maybe we won't get to Carlton Street with uh, October here, but nope, they got to it, and they're getting to it today. 
Cast iron waterman replacement continues on Caribou Street West. So lots of detours over on the west side, including that intersection, Caribou and Ninth Northwest, closed to vehicular traffic. 7th Northwest, construction has begun on the 800 block. And uh, the Hall Street intersection is now open. Hall and 7th Northwest, the 1100 block of 7th, has been paved. So progress there. And Carlton Street, including the 10th Avenue Northwest intersection, close to traffic starting today as crews begin the underground construction there. Oh, and you may have seen this on Saturday night. Moose Jaw Police Service, fire and EMS called to a vehicle rollover on Highway 1 East. 9 o'clock Saturday night, the driver removed from the vehicle by the fire department, treated at the scene for minor injuries. It was determined the semi-tractor-trailer combination collided with the overpass guardrail and rolled. Alcohol, a contributing factor, according to police. The driver, a 25-year-old man from Ontario, has been charged with impaired driving and failing to comply with a breath demand. Damage estimated at $4,000. You just never know. That's why you always need to be a defensive driver, right? Now, today's Paul Martin commentary. There's a rule in selecting the headlines in the world of news. It has to be unusual. So you won't see a lead that suggests all the planes landed safely today. But if one crashes, well, you get it. Much of the same discrimination is needed to assess the headlines on the residential real estate market in this country. CMHC, the Federal Housing Agency, has issued a report saying the housing market is moving into dangerous territory as valuations get out of line with incomes. But that's the headline, and it is valid for Toronto and Montreal, along with Ottawa, Moncton, Hamilton, and Halifax, but not so in Saskatchewan or Manitoba, where the risk of overvaluation is actually deemed as low by CMHC. That, of course, is, like the plane landing safely, not much of a headline. About the only thing that is showing even a small sign worthy of note in Saskatchewan is inventory levels. They're considered low in Saskatoon, and they're termed moderate in Regina. On every other metric, we are listed as low. I'm Paul Martin. Moose Jaw, notoriously entertaining. This Saturday will be the last homegrown market of the season. Come out to Langdon Crescent from 8 to 1, rain or shine, for the final homegrown market of the season. This Saturday, strike up some fun this weekend at the South Hill Bowling Center. Rock and Glow Bowling is back Friday and Saturday nights and Saturday afternoons. Knock down some pins with your friends and family. South Hill Bowling. Call 693-0955 to book your spot. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. So the trouble started around 9.30 this morning. Actually, I was about to post uh, an article on Facebook, and my account wouldn't work on my computer. Then I checked my phone. No, my Facebook won't work on my telephone either. So then I come into the control room, into the CHAB studio. Facebook won't work in here either. Uh, But some of the people here at work say they've got Facebook working on their phones. But it's a, it's a problem. So Facebook and uh, Instagram and WhatsApp, uh, Facebook owns them all, right? Uh, for thousands of people not working. So, so people are going to Twitter again <laughs> and making fun of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So it's actually kind of fun uh, reading all the tweets from people who are waiting for Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp to get fired back up. And again, uh, for a lot of people, it's just not working today. COVID-19 update. 
You can read about it on discovermoosejaw.com today. Hospitalizations from COVID are down, but new case numbers still climbing. The province reporting on the weekend there were eight more deaths as of the end of the day Saturday connected to COVID-19. Also 480 new cases, 86.5% of which were in people not fully vaccinated. Seven fewer people in hospitals as of Saturday, uh, one less person in intensive care. The update Saturday showed there were 306 people in hospitals and 67 of those in intensive care units. Of the new cases that were reported, 162, or just over 25%, were in those 19 years of age or younger. Another 155 cases between the ages of 20 and 39. There were 92 cases in the 40 to 59 age group, 55 in the 70 or the 60 to 79 age group, and 16 more cases in the 80 plus age group. 47 new cases in South Central, so our case count sits at 268 as of the weekend, with fresh numbers on the way later today. The update on Saturday reported 2,040 first doses of COVID vaccine have been administered and another 1,963 second doses. So this brings the number of people fully vaccinated against COVID-19 in Saskatchewan to 738,553. That's 62.7% of the province's total population. As of this past Friday, as you have heard by now, all of us in Saskatchewan need to show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test result to enter places like restaurants and gyms and bars and event venues. I had plans on attending the Warriors home opener on Friday night, so I made the move to get my QR code on Friday. It was a frustrating experience, uh, the process, uh, but I understand the website was very busy. I finally got in and got my code, so that's kind of a weight off your shoulders, right? eHealth Saskatchewan launched two new apps just two days before on Wednesday last week, including the SaskVax Verifier. It's for businesses that require proof of vaccination, and from what I understand, and everything worked well at Mosea Place on Friday night. Uh, I couldn't attend the game, but I, I talked to some who did, and they had no troubles at the doors, so that's encouraging. Hopefully it went that smoothly everywhere. It was a real scramble last week for business owners and operators, making sure they were all set to go. Our Haley Shirky has more. Joanne Canigan is the CEO of Western Development Museums. I talked to her about proof of vaccination for entering the museums. So my first question is, what have the museums done to prepare for vaccination verification? Well, at this point, what we've been doing is just getting uh, information from the provincial government in terms of what is acceptable, um, and then just making sure that we're getting information to all of our visitor services staff so they know what they need to ask of visitors and... um, you know, letting the public know that we are a site that is required to to verify uh, vaccination status or proof of a negative test, and uh, that we hope people will still continue to enjoy visiting us. There wasn't really much time for businesses to prepare for this. Um, how quick was the process for your team? Uh, it, it, the process is actually ongoing because we are also required as part of the, um, we are an agent of the provincial government. We are also required to verify the status of our employees. So we've been working on um, both the policies internally in terms of being able to collect vaccination status or proof of negative testing as of October 1st, as well as 
putting in the uh, the processes that we need to be able to safely welcome visitors into our space and comply with the new regulations. So it's it's basically been our focus for the last week and a bit. It was a, a very big priority, so it's it's been our focus for the uh, for the since it was announced uh, in terms of how how this will take effect and how we will uh, be processing um, you know our admission and our visitor services to be able to uh, to support our staff to support our visitors in in ensuring that we comply with the new regulations. So, will you have to hire any different staff to make sure that people are? vaccinated or have a negative test or will you just require your staff to do that that you already have? Our staff that already have um, that are already on our visitor services team will be will be managing this as part of our admission process. We've been even through contact tracing we've been reallocating some staffing resources to be able to you know we were required to collect names and phone numbers of everybody entering our facilities so this is just will be something that'll shift into into that work instead of when we were no longer required to do the contact tracing. Has enforcing masks been a huge issue in your museums? And do you see this change of vaccination um, requirements being an issue for your staff? Well, certainly it, it could be it could be challenging. Um, you know, our our visitors and our our members. Uh, are really amazing people and you know 99% of the people that that come understand the requirements that we have to follow and and happily comply with them. Um, Certainly if people are unable to wear masks or do not want to disclose their vaccination status or are unvaccinated at this time we just ask that they come and visit us when these requirements are no longer in place. But certainly we've uh, we've been very fortunate we haven't had um, many negative instances that that certainly that I'm aware of related to the mask use and I expect that that's going to continue with the uh, proof of vaccination requirements as well. Is there anything that I might have missed that you would like to add? Um, not specifically related to uh, to the proof of vaccination. It's, uh, it's what the province has put in place and we're one of the, uh, the businesses that are required to do this so it's certainly we are going to be doing our best to ensure the the health and safety of our our staff and our our visitors and uh, keep our spaces as safe and welcoming as as we possibly can. Joan Canigan from the Western Development Museums in Saskatchewan. So yeah effective on Friday uh, businesses and venues that bring groups together need to see proof of vaccination Indoor dining and restaurants, nightclubs, bars, taverns, other licensed establishments. Also event and entertainment venues like conference centers, casinos, theaters, concert venues, live music venues, museums, indoor facilities, hosting ticketed sporting events, indoor fitness centers and gyms as well. And here we are. (laughs) That's where we are. Ticket time out. We'll be back. On the campaign trail. Looking to be the next mayor of Moose Jaw, Brett McCauley. We feature him next.
Heartland at noon on CHAB. Attention malt barley growers. Prairie Malt and Bigger is offering competitive bids on 2021 Copeland, Metcalf, Synergy, Connect, Fraser, and Bow Barley varieties. And they also require soft white wheat, so send them samples today. Aggressive bids and nearby movement is available for malt barley and soft white wheat into Bigger, Saskatchewan. Contact Prairie Malt today for details and pricing. 1-306-948-3500. 1-306-948-3500. Call today. 800 CHAB is the Heartland's home for the greatest hits of all time. And we're bringing you more of the music you love with the Rock and Roll Oldies Show. Saturdays at 4 and Sundays at 9. Brought to you by Moose Jaw Funeral Home, the Park Hotel, Great Canadian Oil Change, and the greatest hits of all time. 800 CHAB. Attention, Caller Producers. This Friday, October 8th, the Manicota Stockman's call sale at 10 a.m. Then 1,500 head of calves. Follow the bank, the Manicota Select Video Sale. Watch on dvauction.com. Last sale, 410 head of 950-pound steer sold for $1.97. Heifer 760 sold for $1.86. Steer calves, 405 to $1.33. Heifer calves, 400 to $500, $1.98. October 15th, the Nangus Calf Sale. It's Friday at 10, an all-class sale with calves and video sale. Call 478-2229. This is Aaron Rustin of Purpose Financial, where we've been bringing clarity, understanding, and success to our clients' personal financial plans for over 35 years. And you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800-CHAB. Brett McCauley is a father of two who's resided in Moose Jaw for over 10 years. His profile on the City of Moose Jaw website reads, Believing it's important to be a positive and active part of the community, he volunteers in youth sports, having coached hockey, football, and fastball. Employed as an IT professional for much of his career and now at Mosaic, Brett has become adept at problem-solving, being self-directed, communicating with diverse groups of people, maintaining a budget, and taking a leadership role. Discover Moose Jaw's Catherine Ludwig with Mr. McCauley. So you've lived in Moose Jaw for 12 years. Uh, Where did you come from and why did you come to Moose Jaw? Uh, I spent the last or the previous 10 years uh, in Calgary. Prior to that was Banff and lots of places before then, but those are the two main ones. Why did I come to Moose Jaw? Uh, My wife at the time, uh, her family is from here. Um, So we decided that uh, we wanted to be closer to family. And, you know what, as uh, in-laws, they were actually pretty good. So I decided that uh, (laughs) it wasn't such a bad place to be. So are you currently involved in any local associations, charities, organizations, anything of the sort? Absolutely. Um, Well, I volunteer for the uh, Moose Jaw Fastball uh, Association. And I am a, a coach and uh, also coached hockey in town and football as well. Um, but as far as associations go, um, that's where it's limited to. Okay, so what inspired you to run for mayor? Well, um, well, I, I saw an opportunity for improvement uh, was the big one. If I'm being really honest, I think the real reason I'm running is actually because the, the government at all levels uh, – in my opinion, doesn't seem to be really representing the people all that well. I feel that in order to change this perception uh, of the government, um, we have to have people like me in office with ideas that are different from the status quo, if you will, and it uh, has to be done at the local level first. Um, I I want to 
be uh, a leader that instills uh, a better environment for people to live in. Um, you know, I, I told my daughter that I decided to run for mayor. Uh, she paused for a minute and looked at me kind of funny and then kind of asked, why? Why do you want to be mayor? Um, you know, I, I told her that it was mainly because of her. I said that uh, really right now we're also focused on other things such as uh, the fear from COVID and lockdowns that uh, we've forgotten about her generation and not just her generation, but all of them, you know, it's the uh, mental health has become a, a major issue um, and not just uh, in our city and not just for the youth, but for, for everyone. And we're kind of all worn down from all of the mental anguish that this has caused that, you know, and we see it uh, around town and in the amount of crime we're seeing. Um, we see it with the increased use of drugs. We see, I mean, look around the Riverside Mission, the numbers of people that uh, are looking for help from Riverside, it's increasing. If we don't do something soon about it, it's, it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be out of control. Um, another reason that I'm running is, uh, is the taxpayer. As a taxpayer, I kind of I want to investigate uh, ways to stop us from having all these tax increases. Uh, taxes were raised last year by seven and a half percent, and uh, I, for one, don't feel like we're really get our getting our money's worth out of these hikes. Um, I I think honestly, uh, we need someone in office who's going to to look at solutions to increase tax revenue without tax hikes. Uh, I think there's uh, a lot of ways that we could probably uh, increase efficiency. Um, I know that I've taken a, a quick look at the budget and, you know, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there are certainly uh, places that are ripe for, for, uh, Efficiency. Let's just call it that. So um, anyway, obviously um, there's infrastructure, roads, attracting businesses, etc. But uh, you know what? I apologize. That's just not a, a really easy question to answer in a short uh, in a short time. That is okay, and those reasons are kind of probably what separate you from the other candidates. You. Uh, with your focus on the younger generation more and on mental health, um, can you elaborate a little more on that and what you want to what you want to improve around Moostra? Well, absolutely. Um, I just I I'm going to use my daughter as a as a focal point, um, just because I, I see it in in kids like her, and I know that she's not alone. But uh, you know, there's depression, anxiety, um, all of these things. From before our uh, introduction of COVID to our society, we I noticed that uh, there was a lot of participation, or there there was a lot of participation in in sports and community stuff uh, uh, outside uh, social uh, interaction. But we've kind of 
uh, come into a, a place where we have uh, limited that, um, not just our local government, but it, like I was saying, that all levels of the government. And I, I just, I, I don't see um, a huge representation of government for um, for our youth. I, I think that this whole this whole thing has really taken its toll. And I, I, I want to keep people safe. That, that is a major concern, obviously, but I, I do want to have a healthy balance where we can actually still maintain safety and have a life, uh, one that isn't affecting our kids so much. Along those lines, is there anything else you want to do for the younger generation? I, I feel that uh, over the past uh, many years, uh, actually, with the... Uh, <laughs> phones and tablets and uh, the ability to Zoom call and uh, technology. And I work in the technology industry, so don't get me wrong. I I love the technology too, but um, it sure has uh, decreased the amount of social interaction and friendliness in our city. Um, This doesn't just apply to the youth, uh, nor does the uh, mental health issue, uh, but I I do want to just stress that um, our friendly city has become a lot less friendly, in my opinion. Um, I want to uh, to kind of demonstrate the the whole concept uh, as mayor by getting out and actually being hands on with the community. Uh, want to uh, see what is actually happening. Right now, I am speaking with Brett McCulley, one of the many candidates running for the mayor of Moose Jaw. And just to sum up everything so far, you want to uh, put a large focus on building a healthier youth by focusing on mental health and getting them more active in the community, but you also want to put an emphasis on bringing unity back to the community. So what kind of initiatives are you going to put in place to make that happen? You know, just in local areas, uh, let's just uh, use the King George area, for example. You know what, uh, having um, community events at the school, um, like uh, even having a, a potluck supper or uh, having a an appreciation day for, let's say, for uh, Bombardier, for being such a huge um, contributor to our community for so long, uh, to Mosaic, who I work for, for being... Um, a, a sponsor for Mosaic Place and, and such a, another a huge uh, huge part of our, our community. I, uh, you know, uh, recognizing uh, different groups uh, with um, a, it doesn't just have to be suppers or whatever. I, obviously, I haven't thought completely through all of these things. You know, uh, many minds make light work for for me, but it's um, things like that, but uh, I I do want to uh, make it very clear that uh, uh, a major part of the reason why I'm running is is uh, just for the for for the youth. Uh, 
I really do want to make it known that I obviously the major campaign thing that everyone is going to to look at are uh, roads and infrastructure, etc. Uh, and those are hugely important to me. But uh, I do want to make an impact to to make the community whole again. So you do want to focus on road construction and things like that. Do you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, our, I think the city has done a, uh, a good job in making our infrastructure better. That said, the, the, the quality has been, uh, in my opinion, as someone who drives on the roads, uh, a little shoddy. You can still drive over brand new roads and you're not sure if uh, you're driving or you're in a circus ride. The the bumps and, and uh, it's... The part where I see uh, inefficiencies like a uh, newly built road, they've just paved it. It's so nice. This actually happened right on my own street. Two weeks later, it's dug up and they're doing work underneath it. There are communication issues within City Hall that we need to address. Uh, there are obviously there are efficiencies that need to be addressed in City Hall. I don't believe that we have had a leader in, in quite some time that takes pride in making, putting the taxpayer first. Uh, we, we need somebody in there who isn't there for a, for a salary that really cares about the people. I am one of the people I, I care about my neighbors. I care about the city I live in. I want to see it made better. So for my last question, you uh, mentioned the word leader in your bio on the city council website a couple times. What do you would you say makes you a good leader? Confidence is, is uh, the big one. There are natural leaders and then there are uh, leaders who are, are put into positions, etc. Uh, I, I do believe throughout my whole life that uh, people have um, viewed me as a, as a natural leader. Uh, now, I don't want to make that sound vain by any means. Um, I am, or try to be, humble. I... I do think that confidence, though, is uh, is a huge, huge one. Uh, if you believe strongly and are very passionate about what you're doing, people will follow. People will understand. People will listen to what you have to say and see your point of view. I think that that is, that is the main thing that makes me right to be leader for Moose Jaw. That's Brett McCauley, one of nine people running for the office of mayor in Moose Jaw in the upcoming by-election. You can read all about them on discovermoosejaw.com today. We'll take a time out and be back to talk to the new president of the Moose Jaw District Chamber of Commerce, Aaron Rustin, on the show next. 800 CHAB, connecting the community. You're invited to meet some new people, reconnect with old faces, and play some board games with Moose Jaw Pride. On Tuesday, October 12th, they're hosting a Magic the Gathering and board game night starting at 6 o'clock at the Moose Jaw Pride and Rainbow Retro Thrift Shop. 
The evening is for anyone 16 and older, and if you're interested, you can either just show up at the event or email info at moosejawpride.ca. That again is a board game and Magic the Gathering night at Moose Jaw Pride and the Rainbow Retro Thrift Shop, Tuesday, October 12th, starting at 6 o'clock. Connecting the community. Brought to you by Magnuson Trucking. They now have three Super Bs to make grain hauling that much easier. For custom grain, fertilizer, and gravel hauling, call Svan at 642-7577. WJ Jones and Son Funeral Services. You are their focus. Providing support during a difficult time. Going above and beyond is their mission. And Community Service Radio. 800 CHAB. Discover Moose Jaw weather for Prairie Heart Mobility. Make life easier with quality mobility products. Discover your options at prairieheartmobility.com. Sunny this afternoon with a high of 26. Clear tonight with a low of stay sunny, high of 28. Wednesday, sunny, high of 29. A mix of sun and cloud for Thursday, high of 19. And Friday, cloudy with a chance of showers, high of 13. For a complete online weather anytime, click on discovermoosejaw.com or the Moose Jaw Live app. I'm Blaze Wozniak. This is Greg Marsnick from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to The Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. He is the new president of the Moose Jaw and District Chamber of Commerce. Uh, the chamber welcoming new board members just recently, including Shelley Dahlman, Kyle Favel, and Jeff Fox, and the new president from Purpose Financial Moose Jaw, Aaron Rustin. Congratulations. Thank you, Rob. It's it's a truly an honor, and, and what an amazing group of business people to work with. And, of course, Rob and Heather down there. What what more can be said about them? They're absolutely incredible, and they've really been the, the driving force, of course, behind the, the local chamber and have made us, I believe, the envy of the province and what they've done in the midst of all of the craziness going on. Yeah, you talk about Rob and Heather, Robbie Clark, who is the uh, CEO at the Chamber, and Heather Bergdahl. They've both worked very hard uh, during the pandemic, uh, during uh, what was, well, I hate to use the cliche, but uncertain times and very challenging times, which continue, sir. Very much. And you know what? I, I think just in the way that they've spearheaded so many different things. We had the uh, the the early morning meetings online with um, Zoom meetings that they had, and, and businesses able to come in and discuss and see the opportunities that are out there. Even the programs that are available to local businesses and their employees. Uh, Rob and Heather have been at the forefront of that. And, and Kylie, of course, who is the outgoing president of the uh, chamber, has been very very much part of it as well. Uh, he's stepped up, so it's truly an honor to be able to come on board and and to continue to work with these great people. What's your role? How do you see your role as the president of the Moose John District Chamber of Commerce? Well, I'll basically be picking up supplies for their office <laughs> and and taking them from wherever they buy. Wherever they buy them. <laughs> Other than that, I'm just going to stand by and get caught up in their vortex, you know, that type of thing. Nah, you know what? I really, really, I believe in Moose Jaw. We moved here over 20 years ago. It's hard to believe. And, and you know, when we first moved here, we knew in our hearts this was the place to be. But as I said at the at the day when we, uh, the acceptance, um, when it hit minus 40 and more than minus 45, my heart was, my heart knew what we were doing, but my ears and fingers really wondered, what are you doing? But you know what? Very quickly, Moose Jaw 
Sarah made us feel uh, very welcome. So you know what I want to be doing? I want to get out there. I want to promote the chamber. I want to promote business in this city. I want to bring us together. We've got an amazing, amazing opportunity here in the heartland. We have people that are excited to get things done in the midst of all of the wildness that's going on around the world. Um, I just want to get out there. I want to help Rob and Heather do their job. I want to help with the rest of the board to make mo- make sure this moves forward in the most positive way and keep building on the foundation that we've seen built over the years. And it gets exciting to me, Rob. And you know, when I, when I see organizations like yourselves and companies like CHAB and Golden West that are so much part of this community, I really want to see all of our different groups work together to make this an even better place to live for families now as well as into the future. What are the advantages uh, for businesses to, to be involved, to, to be a member of the Moose District Chamber of Commerce? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that. Uh, we have everything, of course, the services that are provided, everything from uh, financial-type bookkeeping services to various on-site or web social media type of um, um, services being provided. Plus, also, we have people may be aware of our commerce group plan. Uh, Chamber of Commerce group plans that are available for small businesses. Maybe for those that um, they don't have a ton of employees or they don't want to get into a great, great, big, high-end, expensive plan, this Chamber of Commerce plan really creates some wonderful benefits that can be used by the local businesses and the families. Um, Of course, then there's lots of information going on, constant meetings, uh, both online as well as if things open up, there'll be a lot more in-person type meetings, bringing ideas, bringing speakers in, bringing uh, revolutionary-type thinking. Uh, to really help us move into this next uh, decade and into this next chapter of where Moose Jaw is going to go as a community and as businesses. And, of course, there's the networking and the camaraderie. It's incredible. It is incredible. You know, you see people out at different things, but when you get into a, a chamber meeting, and, and because of the open format a lot of times, you get to talk to some of these people, and you not only see them in the light of being a business owner, um, you also get to see them as a human being. What they're like, you know, what, um, how do they operate, so to speak? What is their family like? What, what do they really dig, so to speak? And that's cool because that is what brings us together. Uh, and you know what? I think in times of uh, great growth, which I believe we are going to see, but also, of course, in times of turmoil and on the downside, it's very important to know you have support there and someone to talk to. And I believe that's what the chamber provides as well as all its members that have come together. Aaron Rustin, the new president of the Moose Jaw and District Chamber of Commerce. Anything else you'd like to add, sir? No, uh, you know, Rob, thank you so much for this opportunity. I would say, for all you businesses out there, please check out the Chamber of Commerce. We'd love to have you as a member. There are incredible, incredible advantages to doing this. Uh, The cost is very, very low. So give Rob or Heather a call at the Chamber of Commerce office there. We'd love to get some information into your hand. We'd love to see you out at some meetings. Uh, Let's help grow Moose Jaw together. Let's make it stronger every day. Aaron Rustin, new president of the Chamber of Commerce, Moose Jaw and District. We'll take a time out. Be back to visit via telephone with Jeff Beasley, who's not got not one, but two of his movies airing on the Hallmark Channel in the USA and the W Network here in Canada these days. We'll talk to Jeff next. Why should I report my harvested production as soon as I finish harvest? Glad you asked. Submitting your detailed production declaration as soon as you complete harvest allows SCIC to process claims quicker and issue potential payments sooner. Whether you are in a claim position or not, reporting your production details updates your yield coverage and calculates future coverage. Call your local SCIC office or visit scic.ca to learn more. SCIC. 
here at every turn. We should get started on that trenching right away. Did you make a one call? I don't see any markings. I'm pretty sure I know where the pipeline is. Sorry, this is my farm and my family's safety, so pretty sure won't cut it. Let's get a locate, and then we can start. Safety is everyone's responsibility. The depth and location of a pipeline can vary, so any activity on a right-of-way can have serious consequences. Always contact the pipeline operator before crossing or excavating. Find your local one call at clickbeforeyoudig.com. A message from TC Energy. This is Greg Marston from Heritage Insurance, and you're listening to the Heartland at Noon on 800 CHAB. He's got not one, but two movies that you can see on the W Network in Canada these days. To Catch a Spy and Love Strikes Twice, which just made its Canadian debut, its Canadian premiere this past weekend. He is Moose Jaw's own Jeff Beasley, who's now Winnipeg's own Jeff Beasley, uh, movie director, uh, living and working in Manitoba these days. And busy during the pandemic, my friend. Way to go. Thank you. We were luckily one of the few... uh businesses that were allowed to keep running throughout this entire mess so i am incredibly blessed to say the least yeah no kidding certainly uh, some challenges though hey well i celebrated my i'm celebrating i celebrated my birthday friday and also my 150th covid test <laughs> so, uh it hasn't come without uh certain restrictions that's for sure and, and testing has been a big part of it and uh you know, you just kind of get numb to it after a while, but that's part of the job. But uh, for those of you who've had a COVID test, you know it's not the most pleasant experience. But uh, anything to get movies on the air, Rob. Yeah, good for you. Um, talk about some of the other challenges that COVID has presented in your industry. Well, it's just a very different way of making movies. I mean, I you know, uh, you, you've been on film sets, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been. I mean, it's a very, there's a lot of people. There's 75, 80 to 100 people. Most of us are good friends and, you know, colleagues, and there's a lot of, you know, merrymaking and talking and hanging out, and, and that's kind of all gone away. We're all in different quadrants and corners, and I have my own tent, and we wear masks and face shields, and um, so just, just the way we communicate and, 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 and go about our businesses, not the way it used to be, and, you know, I have to admit, the first couple of movies I did, I was, you know, really questioning if I really wanted to do it anymore, because it was just so unfun but uh you know this is my fifth movie during the pandemic and you know you kind of adapt and you kind of change and you kind of get used to it all and uh now it's now it's kind of fun again the uh the new movies that uh, that are on the television uh made for uh the hallmark channel in in the united states and those movies air on the uh, w network here in canada let's start with to catch a spy which just uh, made its canadian premiere uh, days ago yeah, to catch a spy is uh, Hallmark's. Hallmark is kind of uh, is is I wouldn't say rebranding itself, but it's certainly evolving in its creative, and uh, it's not quite the Hallmark of yesteryear. They're trying to make the you know the plot lines a little more messy, a little more complicated for the protagonists, and uh, and it's kind of I think a refreshing change. Um, uh, the the movie that played Saturday night, I think people will agree, it's it's a, it's a very different Hallmark comedy than than you're used to seeing. Um, to Catch a Spy is uh, the first of ten destination uh, mysteries that they're doing all over the world, and the first one was uh, shot in Malta in the winter, um, and it's uh, it's a you know kind of edge of your seat uh, thriller, and uh, we're waiting to hear where the next one's going to take place. What's next exotic location? So you traveled to Malta to make this movie. Yes, I did. Uh, 
And of course, of course, a week before I was to leave, the island went into complete another lockdown, and uh, masks became mandatory again, inside and out. Everything was closed except essential services, so I kind of felt like I was in Disneyland and not able to go on the rides. But uh, the good news was we got into some amazing locations in Malta that we normally would not have been able to get into because it's, you know, a very busy place. So the movie certainly uh, benefited from the pandemic, that's for sure. Wow. Good for you. Now, let's talk about the movie that just premiered this past weekend on the W Network, Love Strikes Twice. Yeah. Straight ahead, uh, romantic comedy, uh, you know, lots of laughs. I had a lot of, uh, as you know, comedy is kind of my first love in my corner gas days and the rest of it. And uh, Hallmark is, you know, really appreciates my sense of humor and really lets me, you know, gives me the green light to, uh, to, to pump up these scripts and to make them funny. And I certainly took advantage of that. So I hope people enjoyed the movie and got lots of laughs out of it. Um, uh, it's one of my movies I'm most proud of, for sure. It's just sort of, it's one of those ones where sort of everything came together and everything, uh, I think it turned out uh, really well. And working on a movie right now as we speak, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, directing a movie called A Kiss Before Christmas, which is going to be one of Hallmark's big uh, countdown to Christmas movies on the main network. Uh, it's starring, uh, it's actually a bit of a Desperate Housewives reunion. Terry Hatcher's in it, and uh, and 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 uh, James Denton, who are the two leads of that. It's the first time they've acted together since Desperate Housewives. So there's a lot of attention, obviously, from the network and uh, the media. I think they're going to be on the cover of uh, TV Guide, and they're going on all the talk shows. Uh, so there seems to be a lot of interest on the movie. So I think it should get some uh, real good numbers. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a real treat to work with uh, actors of this caliber. They're they're fantastic. Oh no, kidding! And where's this happening? We shot it in good old Winnipeg, man, Hollywood North. That's where everything's shot now. It's either Toronto, Vancouver, or Winnipeg. It's so busy here, it's unbelievable. There's, uh, like, we, like the movie I'm shooting now, we had to bring all the crew in from Toronto and Vancouver. There's no locals available. It's so busy. And I think the two, a new comedy series just got greenlit today. And, uh, I mean, there's, I mean it's, there's just work. There's just year-round work here. It's, it's unbelievable. Super. That's good to hear. We mentioned that To Catch a Spy and, and Love Strikes Twice have, have premiered on the W Network, and uh, those movies will continue to be aired on that channel, right, in the coming days? Yeah, I think they've repeated several times. And, yeah, keep your eyes open for uh, uh, Kiss Before Christmas. It's, it's going to be a really special little film. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for uh, catching us up on everything. And glad to hear you're busy and glad to hear you're doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for the call, Rob. It's always a pleasure. Jeff Beasley, uh, Moose Jaw's own, uh, busy during the pandemic, doing what he loves to do, directing movies. Great stuff. My daily commentary wraps up this show. Next, please stay with me. Your hospital. Your health. Your foundation. We all rely on the care of the professionals at the Dr. F.H. Wigmore Regional Hospital. Whether they're bettering the lives of our loved ones or saving our own, we all want the best health care to be available at our hospital when we need it most, now and in the future. With a planned gift in your will or estate plan, you can help build a legacy of health care for your family, friends, and community. Contact the Moose Jaw Health Foundation or your local legal or financial professional advisor to find out how you can leave your legacy today. Pumpkin spice and all things nice at the Moose Jaw Co-op. The key ingredients for Grandma's amazing apple pie. Dad's must-have mashed potatoes. Turkey so tender, you know they'll want seconds. And it all starts with a visit to the Moose Jaw Co-op grocery and in-house liquor store. Stocked with your usual favorites. And limited time seasonal liquor, beer, and wines for your gatherings, too. Plus, every Moose Jaw Co-op purchase earns you equity and cash back membership benefits. Become a Moose Jaw Co-op member today. Be part of something bigger. 
So do you have your QR code yet? I do. I'm so happy. Do you even know what a QR code is? I'm just learning myself. QR is an abbreviation for quick response. It's a barcode, an optical label that contains information. It's got black squares on a square grid on a white background. It can be read by imaging devices. If you have Saskatchewan Health's vaccination certificate barcode on your cellular telephone, it will make for quick entry to businesses and venues that require proof of vaccination. As of today, we can use our vaccination cards to show proof, but I'm going to guess that'll change in the coming days. I've learned people are producing counterfeit vaccination cards. You knew that was coming, didn't you? So if you want to live life and you have plans to travel internationally, you're going to need to be vaccinated and you'll need your QR code. It's a fact of life in what we call the new normal. I'm Rob Kearney.